What's up? You are now listening to Americanized, a storytelling podcast where you'll hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Americanized. I'm your host, Rosalyn, and in part two of this series featuring Randy Reyes, he shares about his time spent visiting Mexico after nearly 18 years. Although he was only there for two weeks, he came back with countless stories and memories to share about his family's rich history and heritage. Yeah, I'm just gonna allow you the space to share about your experience. Yeah. I think this is more so like you sharing about your experience back home and... Maybe I should just get started when like my first reaction of actually arriving in Mexico, like yeah. just even the airport itself. Well, yeah, your plane ride from... Did you fly out of Chicago? Yeah, so um, O'Hare, the mm. airport of Chicago, uh, landed I think in Houston, somewhere in Texas, but I'm pretty sure it was Houston, and then had a little bit of layover and then landed in Veracruz, Veracruz. So the city of Veracruz within the state of Veracruz, like New York, New York. Okay. Um, so I landed there. I'm I'm excited to see my family. Haven't seen them in 17 years. Then going on 18. Um, and I, I probably mentioned this in the last podcast, but I don't didn't have too strong of a communication with them. Um, Mostly it was just my mom pretty much talking to them and telling them how me and my brother are. Mm-hmm. Maybe once in a while I'll have like a quick 10 minute conversation with someone. But that, that's literally it. It was mostly just like one of my uncles that used to live with us. Um, so like I really don't know what's expected my family. I know they're going to receive me and everything, hopefully, while I'm on the plane. So I get in the airport um, and already... I'm getting a little nervous because just the Spanish there was was fast and some words I just never heard before because in, in different parts of of the world um, people speak Spanish but certain countries and even certain regions within in those countries have their own words or phrases that you'll never hear anywhere else mm-hmm. so that that's me I'm just coming into here like oh man there's already things I don't know what they're saying um, one of the funniest things was um the first person i talked to to like hand over my immigration documentation to everything she said uh and i already didn't know what she meant i know now but she said if i was a tourist or a resident and i was just like oh no i don't understand i just completely started speaking english like no i don't understand i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. she's like oh it's okay but I, I already was like wow i already failed my first conversation one of the easiest conversations i probably could have had in spanish that's an but, interesting question though like how do you what is your answer to that well i'm i'm a tourist because i'm not a, a yeah. mexican citizen although my family lives there so it's, it's a little weird it's weird to say you're a tourist in your own country Right, right. I'm just especially that's where that's where my family came from. That's where the majority of my family is. But I'm a I'm a tourist. I'm in technically I'm in I'm an immigrant of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, I I saw my family was waiting there to pick me up. It was uh, so I was staying with my cousin, and he has a fiance and two two daughters, which are my sobrinas. So my second cousin, 
But when you translate the word, I'm, I'm going to do my best to translate any words I say in Spanish, by mm-hmm. the way, to the best English interpretation. Because okay. even direct translation is not the best. But mm-hmm. I'll tr- so sobrinas are, are my nieces in Mexico. But here they're my second cousins. So they call me uncle. They, they don't call me cousin or primo. That's what cousin is. So I stayed with them the whole time. Um, another cousin was with them of mine um, to like to greet me. He was the one driving us because it was his car. So in, in total, just to give like a context of family, my mom has 12 brothers. <laughs> so just imagine how many cousins I have because of those uncles. And some of my cousins have kids, like the Sabrinas I mentioned, the two Sabrinas. And and those those two Sabrinas, one is seven years old and the other one is five years old. So so they're introducing me to Mexico. Uh, I'm seeing the city, uh, not necessarily the the towns. So those pueblos, those are what the towns are. So I'm seeing the city of Veracruz. Um, I'm just just the color I saw of, of all the buildings in the palm trees and um, where the state of Veracruz wraps around the Gulf of Mexico. So I, I already saw the ocean like that. Mm-hmm. And if I turn towards um, the west, it's just just mountains or like very tall hills. Um, so that's like my first reaction. Um, they take me out to eat. We get some, like, for the first time I eat octopus. Oh, really? Uh, right along the beach. It was so, that's literally my favorite seafood right now. Oh, wow. It's octopus. Octopus. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're trying their best to, to make me feel comfortable because I'm just like a little like, oh man. So I know immediately some things they didn't understand what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my my cousin I was with, he, he actually worked in the U.S. for a bit. He actually went to high school when he came over to the U.S. So he, he knows a little bit of English. He knows as much as English as I know Spanish. Okay, so that's... so we could actually understand each other yeah. speaking Spanglish, yeah. perfectly fine. Um, but there, there's sometimes where I'll speak Spanish and he'll correct me. And I'm like, all right, thank you, like just trying to help me out. And within those two weeks, I was learning Spanish. Um, and same with him when he spoke English, it's like, well, it's not necessarily say it like that, say it like this. So he's also learning English at the same time while we're talking to each other. Would you say like life there is more simplified? It, the coolest thing I realized about Mexico mm-hmm. is compared to the US, they're, no, that's, they're not rich. Like the US is, is very rich mm-hmm. co- compared to like many countries. Mexico's not necessarily poor. They're just not as where the US is. However, what Mexico has, they're, they're very rich in in family and in relationships with other people mm-hmm. and through, throughout my two I was, I was only there for two weeks but throughout those two weeks i was pretty much comparing like what would i rather have in my be rich in my finances yeah or or be rich with the people i have in my life and within, within those two weeks i'm like realizing i'm jealous of these guys like they have a a richness to them that I'm, it's very hard to find, at least in my experience in the U.S. Because I'm walking down the streets of these pueblos, this town, the small towns, um, instead of like suburbs, like here, they're, they're los pueblos. And no, there's like no like 
people looking at their phone or like looking at the scar looking down when they like walk past someone it's it's eye contact and they say like hi how are you or, or good morning good evening buenas noches um even going to like a restaurant a public restaurant we we have a saying called provecho which mm-hmm. is pretty much like enjoy your meal and you you say that's literally every single it's one person or a group of people table that you pass by and then just people would just be like, oh, thank you, thank you. You don't get that here. You don't. At least from in Illinois or Chicago, maybe some people, but not compared over there. It's, it's, there's a richness to that, that just human relationship mm-hmm. that almost made me tear up. It did make me tear up once I left, like yeah. came back here. Yeah. Like I, I just, I missed all that interact, that human interaction. Very genuine too. I love that so much. And I think if you're like really weighing those two, human interaction is more eternal. Like finances, money comes and goes. Like everything is temporary, I feel, in the US. Like, like you said, there is a richness to those human interactions and family. There's like such a value in that. At the end of the day, that's all they have. That's all we have. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. like you said, it, it, it lasts longer, right? Mm-hmm. It, just going off that topic. So, so my sobrinas, I had one that was very just attached to me. Like she would not leave my side the oh, whole yeah. time. She would want me to carry her on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and her and a, a, other the locals, once I got to Yaguatla, the pueblo where like my mom grew up in, um, a lot of them were, were seeing me for the first time. A lot of them knew my mom growing up. Um, and they're like, oh, this is, this is Tikia's son. Tikia's the nickname of my mom. Her name is Nico, but mm-hmm. they call her Tikia for whatever reason. I, I asked that question too. Why do you guys call my mom Tikia? I couldn't get a, a, a real answer, but they're all, they're all seeing me for the person like, wow, you're really tall <laughs> and you're very like fair skinned. So compared to people <laughs> in, in my, in my mom's Pueblo, I'm, I'm very fair skinned. And I'm very tall, so I, I sticked out pretty much oh, wow. immediately. And, and in Pueblos too, especially small ones like the one I was at, people realize if, if there's a, a unfamiliar face in the Pueblos, but they welcome them, regardless of if you're Hispanic or not. They, they, they welcome them with like big arms being like, oh, we're happy you're here. Come see what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're all meeting me. Um, back to like my sobrinos and the people like I don't even know, like they're not even part of my family. They're asking me questions like, oh, how long are you staying? Are you going to be here for Carnaval? Which is um, every year, um, Yacuatla, they celebrate um, pretty much their ancestors. Um, so they have this this carnival and they, I can go more into this with pictures, but they, they celebrate the, the native history they celebrate spanish history even the african history which mm-hmm. that's new to me so mexico is also one of those countries um that had slaves but once mexico like broke off from the spanish and everything the there's there's a lot of mixing from the days of spanish even um people from africa mm-hmm. so so this carnival takes those three cultures and blended them together to make this tradition called, um, oh, I hope I don't screw this up, Baile de la, con la Torro, which is the dance with the, with the bull. So the bull in this celebration is, is coming from the Spanish culture. 
and the instruments are coming from the African culture, which is the flutes and drums, mm -hmm. and then the food and the, the the clothes that people will wear while while doing the celebration is from the natives. And it was it was so I actually I got to see it. I wasn't supposed to. My I was I wasn't even supposed to be there for two. I was only <laughs> supposed to be there for like ten days. They were asking, "Are you going to be here for this?" I'm like, "Oh, well, when is it? When is it happening?" And they told me the date. I'm like, "Oh, I'm actually leaving like two days before that." And I'm like, "Oh man, like you were so close. I can't believe your cousin didn't tell you." And I'm looking at my cousin like, "Yeah, why didn't you tell me?" Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, "Oh, that could be like a next year thing because my my plan is will always be is to visit Mexico at least as much as I can once a year." Mm -hmm. I'm halfway through my time there and just the relationships I build up with my family was so strong that I'm just like thinking to myself like how bad would it be if I asked my boss if I could stay an extra three days which 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 entails me pretty much wasting money on my round trip ticket I have because I couldn't get a refund on it I would literally have to buy another ticket that ticket cost me three hundred dollars just to stay just a couple more days. Yeah. And, and again, I'm like thinking to myself, just just that that human relationship I have. Again, like in the comparison to like the richness of the US versus the richness of, of Mexico, like is money really that big of a deal to spend this beautiful event with my family? Mm -hmm. And so it was like that that battle in my head I was like, no, like I, I want to be here. Who knows if I'll be here next year? You don't know what's gonna happen the next day. Exactly. And that's probably the best thing I took from Mexico. Is like, who knows what's gonna happen in the future? You're, you're so worried about building a credit here or building finances or building whatever portfolio. What, what we don't really do is build a relationship with your family and friends, and your, everyone that you love. That, that should be first and over there, that's what is first. I feel that, and that's like so. That's so true. I found the same experience when I went back home too. Just how much they value family and those relationships, and even their relationship with God was like prominent as well. And like, Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a feeling. I'm trying not to tear up talking about this, but it's definitely when I came back, I I legit was crying every night mm -hmm. for two weeks straight. To the point where I was having dreams where I was back in in Los Pueblos just in the parks with my my sobrinas or eating with my uncles and cousins. I, I felt like I was there again. And I wake up and I'm like, shoot, I'm not there. Yeah. So your experience was like super strong for you to feel that way and like to come back and like feel sad about coming back to the US. Do you see yourself living in Mexico? <laughs> Would you like move there and just do life there? Yeah. I immediately when I came back, I was having this conversation with my mom. I was like, why are you here? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. so beautiful over there. It, and there's reasons why. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I, sorry, I get off topic so much. So I'm trying my best just to answer your question right away. Yes, I I could see myself just completely moving over there. Mm -hmm. My my almost personal, I guess, deal. I don't know what better word to say but like if i'm not happy here within like three years or four years like 
I don't see what's going to stop me to go to Mexico knowing that I found a very strong happiness over there. And again, like maybe, maybe I, I just saw the magic and saw the good stuff within two weeks and I didn't really see the rest of Mexico. Maybe that's the case, but I'm trying to within like the three year span I'm giving myself to see if I can ask my job, like, Hey, can I like work remote for like a month, maybe two months if they're that generous. I really love that country. I really want to be with my family. Would you give me the opportunity to work over there for a longer period of time? Just so I can experience that. But re- what it really means to live in Mexico. Mm-hmm. What was your like, biggest takeaway? Biggest takeaway was for sure like the, what to prioritize, prioritize in life. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that, that's just the people that you really care about. Like, yeah, money is something. Like, it's somewhat of a big deal, but it's not everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the the time you have, like, don't don't take it for granted whatsoever. Especially when it's with the people like you love. Um, though that has to be my biggest takeaway, from my whole Mexico experience. Um, off that tangent too, just even I think what hit me the hardest was. I, I, I was learning the history of not only my family, but also the history of my ancestors. Mm-hmm. And when you're, it's one thing to hear those stories. And it's another thing to hear those stories when you're in the ancient cities of these natives yeah. or the first pueblos or cities of the Spanish. And I'm just seeing it in real time while my cousin. He, my cousin is very smart when it comes to the knowledge of of the ancestors of Mexico, and and just for the state of Veracruz even more. Mm-hmm. Um, he, God, he's such a such a good person. He he literally took me to El Tajín, which is one of the biggest um, cities of Veracruz from our ancestors, where there's a famous pyramid, Pyramid of those Nichos, which in English is Pyramid of the, the Niches. And this pyramid has these square niches wrapped around it. And there's 365 of them, which mm-hmm. represents every day of the calendar year. How smart do those people have to be? Right. Those, those natives to, one, construct a pyramid, design it someone had to design there was an architect and me being an architect just being fascinated like someone had to design this someone had a plan and they don't have nearly the technology that we have today right and just even the small level of details like the pyramid itself is amazing and then when you go into the details of like the carvings that they're putting on these pyramids they're they're telling stories Mm -hmm. through through images through their what what their what was pictures for them, those carvings, and in more details too when it comes to the steps, and and I'll call them like the cornice or or the lips, I guess, of like um, the stairs or the other parts of the details. Um, but it's it's just mind blowing how detailed they were, and mind blowing how they could figure out or they set up a system where yeah, there's 365 days in the calendar year, and my my theory, when I first saw it, people, other people had the same theory too, but like my first reaction was like, I bet you in each, for the first day of the calendar year, they put like a candle or whatever 
in that niche. And the second day they would put another one and so on. And mm-hmm. that's how they kept track yeah. of the days of the year. So by the end, I would hope that they put like a candle or some, some something that, that lit a fire. By the end of the year, this whole pyramid would just be lit up. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And with your like architecture background, that's like a deeper appreciation for that structure and like the details right. and everything. Right. Wow. What was cool was my cousin explained me the history. And I'm trying my best to like, because as architects, we we know a good amount of like the history of architecture. Mm-hmm. Especially from I from my school too. We they were very very good about teaching us the history of architecture. And I'm telling them all these details. I'm like, this is what it most likely represented to them. Like every every detail they had represented something. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't an illustration, just how tall something could be or how wide it was had a, a significant importance. So like say um there's a lot of like uh, headstones or tombs mm-hmm. uh, for like the kings or important people. The taller the tomb or the base of it, or even how detailed it was, most likely meant that person was very important compared to like another king right. in that time. So I'm like telling him all this stuff. He's like, oh, wow. Like I didn't even realize that. But, like, yeah, that's, that's like my best educated guess why this one king has a more detailed um headstone compared to this other king yeah he was more important so you guys are you mean to the pyramids too like why this pyramid is a lot more detailed than this one so you're like both teaching each other things yeah 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 even the if you were like say you're on a plane or you're a bird and you're just looking down on these cities Mm -hmm. there the locations of pyramids are not just random they're lining up with other pyramids or they're framing like a courtyard really yeah so it's it's not random but they they plan not only the the building the pyramid mm-hmm. they also plan the the urbanism of their city wow, how do you do that yeah it's insane how you do that because like, no, it's not even a, it's not flat whatsoever too they're on hills and mountains yeah it's insane how they did it. maybe they climbed up the mountain and were like oh this is where <laughs> it needs to be but like even that having to climb up all the way that mountain how, how do you document that information? They would have to have some sort of like pen and paper system. Something, yeah. And this is like ancient you're talking about. So. This, is, this is before Spanish, the Spanish came mm-hmm. to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so like we're, we're in El Tajin, that's the name of, of where I'll explain this the significant pyramid, pyramid of the niches. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking to the locals and I learned that only like Around 50% of the pyramids or or other artifacts have been found. Everything else is still underground. Wow. So I'm just like using my imagination, like, is that like hill over there really just a pyramid under grass right now? Like right. Yeah. what could be under here? We don't know, but only 50% of it has been discovered. And like we're walking around and there's like people selling like fruits or water. Cause it's hot over there. I went there like a month and a half ago. I was sweating. It was like <laughs> 85 degrees. I had sunscreen on and everything. Yeah. Um. So and there's like a lot of trees we can find shade and under these trees there's like these women selling fruits and water. So we go and buy some, and we're like just talking to them because we don't necessarily want to be in the sun <laughs> immediately. We're just trying to cool down. And I learned some people still speak the native language. Oh. Yeah. 
And, and so I'm like shocked. I was like, oh wow, it's not just Spanish in Mexico. And my cousin's like, oh no, there's some. He knows a little bit. This di- different knew. dialects. Yeah, this woman knew it. She knew the native language. And I'm like, wow, can you say like something? Can I like record <laughs> you? Like say something in Spanish and then say it in Totonaco, which is the the natives of, of Veracruz. So each state kind of has their own natives. Mm-hmm. And like the bigger ones are like the Aztecs and the Mayans. Right. But like there was also those smaller tribes. Veracruz was the Totonacos. So she was speaking their language. And I'm just like, wow, this is this is insane. I had no idea that people were still speaking these languages. So I, I have a recording of her. I'm happy to shoot that with you too. Of just her saying, um, hello, Randy's friends. Um, <laughs> like, welcome. You're always welcome here. And if you would like, be happy to buy my fruits and everything. That's funny. Um, and on the other question, is compañeros Randy, porque jugar la gatillanza es nun porque quilamos. But it, it was it was just eye-opening to me that wow there, there's so much history and culture to to Mexico. Mm-hmm. When I first came to Mexico too, my, my cousin said to me, um, Mexico is one of the diverse countries in the world, if not the most diverse. And I like I like looked at it and was like, oh, I don't I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Like the first day. And that, after these two weeks, I, I, I understood what he was saying. There's just so much history and diversity when it comes to the people of Mexico. Mm-hmm. My, my, even myself, like I'm, I'm from I'm a Mexican family, but I grew up in the U.S. My, my idea of Mexico was like, oh, everyone ate tamales, everyone ate tacos, everyone ate mole, everyone ate all these Mexican food I was eating here. No, it's not true. Every state has their food. Some people don't even know what, what tamales are or, or mole. Oh. And so certain certain states of Mexico, and even within those states, certain pueblos or cities within that state only eat the certain food. And again, I was, I would, it almost kind of bothers me a little bit that I, I had this generalization that all of Mexico is the same and it's not. Mm-hmm. Even to the traditions of, so like the Totonacos had their tradition. So that's how we celebrate it. Carnaval is from their traditions. Other states of Mexico, their natives have different traditions. And the way they celebrate their ancestors is, is different from how, how we celebrate it. So I, again, I had like this idea, like everyone like, like wearing like boots or like mariachi clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. In Veracruz, it's not that. It's actually what I'm wearing right now. It's like this white, almost like a polo, but not necessarily with no mm-hmm. collar. Mm-hmm. And this decorative color around the collar and, and the buttons of of the shirt and they would wrap around this I call it a a bow tie but it's not just for lack of a better term it's like this this red ribbon they would wrap around their neck with a hat with a red strap around the hat and mm-hmm. that's the the culture of of post Mexico getting independence of, of Veracruz I was just just amazed at how diverse Mexico was. That's funny to think about, but you generalizing Mexico, and that's like your culture and heritage. And like being in the US, but when you think about the US, we're also different areas have their own stuff. Like you're in Chicago and like deep right. dish pizza, like we don't have that here. Right, right, right. Yeah. And like, so I think it's, it's just a funny thing to think about. It's easy to generalize cultures that we see because they are generalized when we, like when we see them through the media yeah. or like whatever 
And when you're there, you're like, oh yeah, that's really diverse. And they're kind of blinded by being in America, where it is, or everywhere is kind of the same. But when you get like deep into it, it's like, oh yeah, this state is specific to this, or this is specific to this state, or this area, like the south and the north and the west. Because even with like Ivory Coast, different areas have their own dialect. Like everyone speaks French, but then there's dialects as well. And my parents speak it. And then with, after my parents, I think it's just going to die out because I don't speak it and I don't understand it. I don't know where, where it's, where it's going like to carry down like generation. Right. And like so I got a question for you, I guess, yeah. turning the tables here. Sure. Do you have any um, weight on your shoulders that you could potentially be the last person in your family to speak this language? Uh, yeah, I will not. I, I, I do think about that, but then I'm like, my family's so big, I don't think so, for okay. sure, because there's only like a small percentage of us in the U.S. Gotcha. I, I, I really do want to learn French fluently so I can pass it down, but I feel like I might fail <laughs> at that. And I definitely won't be passing down the dialect, it's called Wobei, and I just don't, it was never taught to me. My parents would speak it, but I would never really pick it up. Like I picked up French. I can't pick up Wolga. I don't. I don't know what they're saying. They could be talking trash about me, and I wouldn't <laughs> know it. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of the sad part. Like, oh, I'm not gonna pass down certain parts of my culture only because I was born in the U.S. And, like, if it was there, it'd be a lot different. Same with yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The reason I asked that question because, like, even even today is like. I, I don't want that tradition of especially my family in Veracruz, that tradition to just end with me. I, I really want to pass it down if I were to have a male and have them like know like, hey, this is where this is where you're coming from. And it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I, I don't lose that beauty because so uh, uh, I'll be I'll be real before I went to Mexico. I my, my idea of like my future was like yeah uh, I'll work I'll make some money maybe get have a family mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't it wasn't exciting to me it was like I could just go to job to work every day and it's just a routine Great. and I go to Mexico and I I like looked at life through through a new set of eyes just I like know what I want to do now like I, I have this energy just to live life to the fullest and maybe, maybe that's just them rubbing off on me because over there it's they were saying it's uh la vida, which is like live life to the fullest basically mm-hmm. and that's that's they literally live that saying every day every moment mm-hmm. every meal it's it's just to enjoy life to the fullest even if it's just a cup of coffee over there mm-hmm. that conversation you're having with someone when you're drinking that coffee is one of the most meaningful things to them. I love that so much. And something I've been saying to myself and to other people is like, I feel like here everybody is living the same life. Like everyone's doing the same thing or like the same trajectory of like, go to school, go to college, get a job, work until you retire, have a family. And like the cycle continues. Yeah. It's like like a planned process, right? Yeah. A planned system. Yeah. Basically like school is a scam. So if you feel like super happy in Mexico and like that's your path, I mean, that's your choice. I obviously support that, but like, just let's your life do it. Like, if you feel that that working here, having a family is like boring, <laughs> like you don't want to live a boring life. Right, right, right. 
who yeah. who knows what's gonna happen? I I could potentially be here for like I don't know nine months out of the year, and then mm-hmm. the rest over there. Who knows what will happen in my future? But I for sure don't want to lose one the communication with my family, the one mm-hmm. that I just really just really just started building up. Yeah, and to the new the new history and the new traditions I learned. Mm-hmm. The only thing I knew about like my background, like ancestry wise, was I'm probably like Aztec with Spanish. Mm-hmm. Now that I now that I like know a little bit more about Veracruz, I'm most likely from like the Totonaco natives, like that blood, the Spanish, and. Maybe some African. I didn't even know that. Maybe so. It could be have some African blood in me, but <laughs> the natives that I come from is the Tonacos. I always had this mindset it was the Aztecs. All I knew was the Aztecs. I didn't know about the smaller, smaller communities. But yeah, that that history is just it's just so important. And mm-hmm. I don't, it would be a shame for it to die off. Like we we need to continue this. I didn't even meet all my uncles. <laughs> I only met like five. Wow. Yeah, there's just so much to keep up. Yeah. So this family tree is is ginormous. And and the crazy thing I I, I learned was we're one of the smallest families in this area. And to me being like, wow. (laughs) That is insane. (laughs) It's wild. A phrase that my cousin said is if you don't know where you're from, you don't know where you're going. Mm. And and like, like again, I was learning all this history. I was like, yeah, like I finally know what what it means to be like Randy, what it means to be a Reyes, what it means to be part of this family, right. and that like what you do with it now. Exactly, and that's why you're about, you're weighing the priority. Right. Was that something I'm curious if that you've thought of before going to Mexico? Like, what's what do you value? What's important to you? Um. Not really. No, I didn't have a. I knew I always know family's important. For Interesting. Sure. I didn't really have like, like it, it, the meaning behind it. I guess just changed. Like, family's important. Yes, spend time with them. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize until after Mexico how important it was, and I think it's because I just read the rest. I met the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. And how, how. How willing they were to receive someone that they really had minimal contact with. Exactly. Even to like my Sabrina's like they 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 miss me like a, a lot to the point where they're telling me like they had dreams where they I, I came back <laughs> to just play with them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just, just to hear that makes me tear up because yeah. like gee, I wish I was there. Um what what's for like my at least my family dynamic, it's it's very common for a sobrina or a sobrino to find a, a tío or a tía, like an uncle mm-hmm. or an aunt, that they see as like a like a best friend. Yeah. And so my cousin that I stayed with, he was the sobrino. My mom was the tía. He was that sobrino that mm-hmm. like would never leave my my mom's side. Yeah. And it's it's cool to see now that like me being my That's mom's you, son, yeah. I'm that for his his daughters. So it's, it's like it's. Like the torch has been passed. Yeah. And again, I was only with them for two weeks. And they're like, you're my favorite Theo. The you're my favorite uncle. Like, like, I don't yeah. want you to leave. Oh. It's it's so crazy how within two weeks I just build that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have somewhere I can relate to that. 
you don't know these people completely, but they still love you anyway because you're so and so's daughter, you're so and so's son. Yeah, and that's family. exactly. Familiar. And that's to them like that's everything to them. But like first, it's like oh, yeah. that's a distant family member. I don't really, I don't know them. I don't talk to them. Like I don't know anything about them. But they and so like it's just so natural for them to like, be attached to you or want to have a relationship with you or just talk to you because that's like what we were saying before. That's all they have is family. That's what's important to them. Um, but some people over there, they, they still use like the traditional like like Mexican kitchens where it's just literally like a like yeah, like a fire pit. They would have stone above a fireplace and they would cook things on that. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a, an oven or yeah, a brick oven. Okay. Some people some people have like what well, we have here, like a stove and oven and all like the modern stuff, but like they mm-hmm. They prefer to use the traditional stuff. One, because it tastes better. It tastes better, yeah. It tastes a lot better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, handmade tortillas over there. Another cool thing. Tortillas over here is generally just like yellow or white. Mm-hmm. Just because of the corn we have here. Over mm-hmm. there, they got black, red, uh, green tortillas. Because of the corn that they have over there. That makes sense. And that, that tor- those tortillas are so good so good and they were all handmade they weren't like back it was just like made right there everything was so fresh the one thing i really miss about mexico is the the food everything was fresh we grew everything right there the ocean was right there Mm -hmm. any seafood we wanted is literally from like the day before or the day of Mm -hmm. i think last time we talked you said that you don't really like mexican food Growing up, I didn't. Growing like it. up, yeah. I didn't like it. Um, I like, I love it now. But when I was did that like change? around. Yeah, when was that? It's like around middle school. I I remember the day too. It was like mm-hmm. a, during some party. Um. And I was like so hungry. I was like, you know, I'm gonna eat anything right now. I was like in middle school. <laughs> so I like had like some tortilla with like beans and rice. It was like a very simple dish, but I like didn't even like tortilla a lot. Mm. And I started eating this and I started eating mole. And I don't know if you ever, if I even explain mole to you. Mole is like a, just pretty much uh, chicken and you cover it with this like chocolatey hot sauce. Oh. Yeah. And you eat it with like um, some white rice mm-hmm. and, and tortilla. So I'm eating mole for the first time. Wow, this is good. Like, whoa. I've been missing out. So I like had like two plates of that. My mom was like looking at me. She said like, oh, milagro. It's like, oh, like a miracle. Like finally, like my son's eating Mexican food. That's so funny. I was like, yeah, this is really good. And I'm telling my little brother, like, yeah, try some of this. Mm-hmm. He like somewhat liked it. He's, he's four and a half years younger than me. So his taste buds were probably different. But I was like, no, try some of this. He he likes it now. We we both like, we, we are so, so grateful to have a mom that can make Mexican food. And really good mix food. That's good, yeah. Oh, you know what was weird to me? They so some people, and it's just kind of like the corrupt system back then, but some people um don't buy meat unless they see the animal killed right in front of them. Mm -hmm. Like legit just on the streets. 
Ew. So I, we were, we're driving by and I see a cow head. Like, uh, on like a tarp next to like this, this like, barbershop. I'm like, oh my god. taking a double take. I'm like, was that a cow head? I just saw <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, people like, some people like just want to buy their meat like fresh. Like, they'll pick their cow and they'll, they'll, they'll buy their meat fresh. And I was like, all right, that's what? cool. <laughs> or even like, it's a tradition where, um, when you like turn 15, girls have like quinceañeras, uh, the dudes. Um, the only thing they really celebrate is like, hey, you can pick the cow that you want to. Yeah, eat for dinner to, for the same day and mm. they'll like chop it up or everything. And, then, and I come here, they they also do that to like celebrate stuff. For me coming, they're like, oh, Randy's here, Randy's back. Mm-hmm. Go pick a cow. Pick I'm a like, cow. wait, why? Like, yeah, we're, you're going to kill it later. I'm like, Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's funny. There's stuff like that. Um, Or even <laughs> my favorite tacos is our uh, tacos de cabeza. And hopefully you don't have like a weak stomach, but they over there, they like almost eat every part of the animal. Tacos de cabeza is like pig head. So I was eating pig head. But first when they like introduced to me, it was like, wait, what am I going to eat? Like, yeah, you're going to eat the pig, like the head of the pig. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll try it. No, mm-hmm. I, I liked it. There's some things that are like, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. You know, but like, I got used to it. Mm-hmm. What else did you do? What else like filled your week? We we saw waterfalls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh... oh, okay, so. There's, there's a, you know how you like go to a new place and you feel that magic mm-hmm. of that city or that town? Yeah. It, like, uh, I felt like magic again for the first time because I, I got so used to like Chicago. Chicago is like one of the biggest cities that the states have. And I'm like getting so used to it where I'm like, I'm losing that magic. Mm-hmm. But I like go here, I experience like the mountains and all these hidden gems within the mountains. One is a waterfall. Another one could be like a lake, but there was this like smaller waterfall that we went to. Um, like we're walking through. I remember, I remember seeing it as a kid. Um, but like I'm like, my memory for all these places that we're going. Some of these places I've already been to. Like even like the the pyramids. I said I remember it vaguely. Yeah. But like when I'm like walking through these paths that I walked through, 17 years ago. Like my memory is like jogging back. I'm like. I know you guys aren't telling me what's what I'm going towards, but I'm like starting to remember. So like, yeah. I'm like getting stoked. The closer and closer I get, we may, we're like walking down this mountain to get to the waterfall, and and I start hearing like you know like the the water hitting the mm-hmm. lake, and or the pond, whatever you call it, um, and I'm like getting stoked. I'm like oh shoot, I like I know what's gonna be around this corner. And like I wrap around these like corner of trees and I just see it and just it's it's amazing how 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 that really that really just hits you and you're just seeing just the beauty of nature all all the stone all the the hierarchy of levels this water and people how they interact with it they're just a bunch of people just in this body of water just literally just having a good time with their friends and family and I'll, I'll just come here and like, you, I don't know. You just don't expect, it's like hidden. You really need to know the area to find mm-hmm. these places. But yeah, 
the, the magic there me just hanging out with my parents especially with my sobrinas my sobrinas are like very active so they're like trying to swim with me everywhere yeah. and just play like games in in the body of water now i feel like i need to go out to mexico and experience <laughs> some eel experience for anyone who wants to go to mexico what i recommend is again mexico is beautiful but what, what makes mexico beautiful it's it's not those beaches you go on like spring break. It's not mm-hmm. like the tourist locations like Cancun. Um, uh, there I say it, it's not the food. It's not the pyramids. It, it's not the nature that makes it beautiful. It's it's the people. The people. The people there are what make the things like the beaches in the na- in nature and everything beautiful. Those pueblos. The best part of Mexico is the people. And then everything else that I listed makes it even better. Right. I believe that. Sounds like just like a very welcoming community. Like no questions asked, you're just welcome. So I would I would definitely recommend in order to see those people, you, you can't go to those tourist locations. You need exactly. to go to these pueblos. Yeah. Even those Los Pueblo Magicos. Technically those are like touristy, but you still get like that culture of like like the Mexican people. Because mm-hmm. they're the locals still live there. It's not 100% tourist. They want you to come and see because it's a beautiful place. But they keep it. They keep their history and they keep their, their local lives. That's what also I love about Pueblo Magicos are like that status. Like they, they don't want you to turn this into something else. They want you to keep it as how it was designed to be. I love that. I, I do for sure want to share something with you, the, the culture shock I had. Yeah, I was going to ask what, What's going to be? I wonder if it'll surprise you. My culture shock was not entering. I mean, I had some culture shock entries. It was coming back to the U.S. Ooh. That was my culture shock. That was like my, whoa, what's going on? Wow. So I come back to the U.S. We, my cousin drives me three hours to the airport of Veracruz fly back into Houston, Texas. And the, the airport of Veracruz is small. Again, it has a little bit of technology because it is a city, but not as much as like when I came back to Houston. Yeah. I come back to Houston and one, it was cool to see like, cause generally in, in Mexico, we, we all not necessarily look the same, but we have a similar, everyone sort of looks similar. Come yeah, back to the States is like, very diverse of like different backgrounds. Um, so I'm like, oh, whoa. No, this is like, I'm being reintroduced. It was like a coming back to the States where you're like, oh, I'm being reintroduced to this. And then just the technology of how, of like big screen TV saying like, this is where your flight, this is where your gate's gonna be, or how they display their products mm-hmm. and like super fancy lighting and everything of like clothes or like even food, like snacks or chips. Yeah. Um, those like restaurants in the middle of like these 50 foot aisles of the airport. Mm-hmm. I I was just like, wow, I, I'm i coming from a, a pueblo, a small pueblo where this technology doesn't like really exist. Even to like the, how clean everything was too. Like Mexico, it's clean-ish. It's not the cleanest. Even to the point where like some of the toilets in Mexico, they don't even have a seat. Like, you literally just have to sit on the rim of the actual toilet. Yeah. And I'm coming back to the States, and, like, even, like, the water sensors of the, <laughs> of the sinks in the bathroom. I'm like, this is completely insane. That's crazy. 
crazy that I forgot about all of this. Something yeah. that I was comfortable with or am comfortable with because this is what I grew up with. Right. But I became comfortable with the old school style of those huevos. And to me, this coming back to an airport was a huge shock. And not to hear Sp Spanish anymore. Just yeah. hearing like English. Yeah. Some other languages too, but like I didn't hear Spanish anymore. Just I felt un uncomfortable. Yeah, it Honestly, I felt a little uncomfortable. Yeah. How, how one, it's just how different this world was. Mm. That was the culture shock I had. And I, I didn't expect that coming. You wouldn't think so, because that's like your whole life is in America, basically. But And, it, and it's funny, because you're only there for two weeks, and to have such culture shock coming back. Only like, two weeks, but again, within that two weeks, I literally saw a lot. Yeah. I saw that nature. I saw that history. I mm -hmm. saw the different pueblos, saw the farmland, even like, even their like car and road systems, like just different from over there. Just going up yeah. and down these mountains, like yeah. it's, it's different to coming to a place that's just flat. Yeah. It's kind of like a time travel. It's, it's really strange and funny. It's like sci-fi kind of. Yeah. It's, it was, it was like, <laughs> yeah, like sci-fi, like, I was just entering a new, like, yeah, I came to, like, the future, basically. The future, yeah. I, it literally felt like that. I had a and similar I, again, experience, yeah. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Coming back to America, too, I felt similar. No, I wouldn't say shock, but more. I was already sad coming back, too. The technology, not hearing French anymore. It's like, oh, I hear English now, and just seeing signs in English, like "Welcome to Boston," "Welcome from Boston," like kind of sad. And then the people. Well, it's funny because being in Africa, you're with a lot of everyone's black basically. But then it's like coming to the airport, oh, they see white people again, and it's just interesting. And you're like, I just felt really sad too. I wonder. Wonder your thoughts are like. If you hear like a hint of French from like a group of people when you're like walking down the street, do you feel like a a joy, like almost like a flashbacks of like, oh man, no, this I is do. cool. Yeah. Do you? I was, like um, even when you see like something, maybe like a food or, or something that just gives you like flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We went to New York a few weeks ago and went to Harlem, and there's like an African community there, and my mom wanted like African food from like West African food. And so we went in that restaurant, all like the menu looked so familiar to the menus back home. And even the food, like the food came out, it looked exactly like, like the fish, just the full fish cooked that we'd get back home. And all the people talking were speaking in French and it's like, not like France French, but like what I'm used to hearing at home, what my parents speak, like it's kind of like a more um, rough, they speak more like rough, I guess. It's not like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I was like, this feels like I just love hearing that. And like our Uber ride, he was also like West African. He spoke in French. He was like on the phone the whole time. He was speaking in French. I just felt so comfortable. Like I love yeah, hearing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is what I love. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's like oh, that's awesome. And then you remember where you are, and there's just those little moments you're like, oh, I love. It's like a new appreciation for where you come from, your family, and your culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I wonder if that's like for you, if you hear Spanish more frequently. I understand it better. Okay, yeah. I hear the same amount, mm -hmm. but I understand it oh, better. See, that's different too. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, you know, when it comes to like Spanish songs, mm 
I I understand it better. I I'm more when it comes to music, regardless of the language. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a the beat of it or like Me the too. instruments. Yeah. I don't necessarily listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I I just love the instruments. That's Me more of like too. why I listen to music. Same. But now and again, Latino Latin music, very like upbeat, like makes you want to dance. Mm-hmm. And then I was listening to these lyrics. I was like, oh shoot, this is cool. Like I I know it. Twenty five percent more of what they're saying compared to what I what I would usually before Mexico. Yeah, I love that. Just like you're you're expanding your brain and your mind and your, your eyes and even your ears and everything and your like taste buds too. Everything's it's growth. I think that's what it is. Just growing culturally as a person. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do you have any final words or messages to the listeners? Uh, I guess I would say like, like kind of from my own experience, I, I didn't know much about like ancestor background or like where I came from. Mm-hmm. I, I knew like a little bit, but I would like, if you have that urge to like know where you come from or mm-hmm. what it means to be like whatever Reyes or who, whatever your, your family is, like, I, I encourage you to like, one do research or two if you can go go back to your to your homeland mm-hmm. if you can if that even is a big deal to you but or even i challenge people to just go and and experience a different culture or or talk to people who have a different background as you because this is the amount of things you'll learn mm-hmm. and th- what's so cool about being a human is storytelling yes. hearing all these stories and having a different idea or a different view on how how to live Thank you. And also, I want to quote your cousin again. Who did he say? If you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going. Yeah, that's, there's different ways to say it, but yeah, he said um, if you don't know where you come from, oh, you you don't know where you're going. I like your version too. If you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going. So, yeah, it's just yeah, that, that in itself uh, re- really just like really made me think. I was like, wow, yeah, I didn't know what I was and now that I know what I am mm-hmm. like I, I know what I want in life now I love that for you and I, I hope everyone who's listening or for any, anybody at all like, they can come to that point where they know where they come from they know who they are and they know what they want and where they're going like that whole experience that you just had I feel like did a lot yeah and that's just a general yeah. version like i can go into tito and everything but yeah, yeah that's yeah. just a general overview mm-hmm. no but I'm, I'm happy to that i got to share this with you this yeah. this is awesome 